Hello everyone. Welcome to CSM Secrets. And in this episode, we have the CEO of Candu.ai, Mr. Jonathan Anderson. Now, Candu.ai is all set to fundamentally shift the way user experiences are designed and delivered one customer at a time. Let's find out more. Hey, Jonathan. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you amidst your busy schedule. Uh, thank you for having me as well. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah. And, you know, you being the CEO of uh, Candu.ai, I mean, we we just have to wait too many questions, but given the limited time, I'm just going to let you share as much as possible about your venture. Um, and so I'm so glad we got connected on LinkedIn because when I looked at Kanju, I was so impressed, right? It is what, um, you know, everyone needs, especially people from a non-technical background, the ability to whip up something quickly, right? And and, and the marketing um, on your landing page, right? Which, which, which is just quite top of the world. It's hilarious. It, it cuts to the point and all that. So tell us more about what triggered the idea behind Kendu and, and your own journey in your words. Yeah, thanks so much. I um I'm I actually really love that you love our our marketing video. I feel like it it basically tells the story of a, a CSM's a day in the life. Um, where you have a million feedback requests and you want to respond to all of them, but you have actually very little control in actually changing the product experience for your customers. Um, even though you have this great appetite for improving things, but actually very little ability to do so unless you end up bribing the dev team. And so actually a lot of the idea behind Can You actually came out of working in SaaS as someone who's non-technical, working with customers um, and actually wanting to build things for them to like fulfill their feature requests. They had, I mean, they've got great ideas. Um, and just being completely blocked. <laughs> and I guess I would contrast <laughs> this experience with building my own, you know, wedding website with uh, Wix, <laughs> you know, where I got to like, you know, drag a button onto the canvas and hit publish. And and it's just the ease of use for these um, WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get web editors is phenomenal. Uh, but we don't give that power to the CS team um, or to really any of the customer team. And so a lot of what we're thinking about with Can Do is how do we how do we let uh, someone who talks to customers every day to make small changes that actually pr- improve the product experience um, for their customers? Right. So sorry if I'm deviating a little bit, right? Like, you know, so um, mm-hmm. uh, the platforms such as Wix have made even a non-developer such as myself into, you know, mm-hmm. going and building our own websites. So yeah. can we say that Candu is an improvisation further on top of that, which gives very specific business function specific uh, customizations that is possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. So, so we actually are not built to build a standalone application or website. Um, Candu is really to enhance an existing web app. So the idea being like, let's assume that your software product is like a house. Uh, Candu sells furniture, right? We sell a sofa. We sell a table uh, that you can use to improve the existing product. Maybe it's an onboarding checklist. Maybe it's a, an announcement bar telling people about a new webinar. But it's all these like, we call them sweeteners that you can add in to improve or enhance the user experience. And these really like lightweight ways that actually make a big difference for driving engagement. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense, right? Okay, now that takes me to my next question, right? I understand Kandu can be used across the board by various teams, but mm-hmm. specifically, right, because this being a customer success podcast, tell our listeners, like, you know, how does it fit into their typical, um, you know, uh, their life cycle already in their life, in their work? 
Yeah, such a good question. Um, so CanDo is really, I would say, designed for what we'd call scale CS or a digital CSM. Um, yeah. This is a person who, you know, maybe you're not dealing with, um, you know, Google as your client. Maybe you're actually dealing with 200 or 300 accounts um, and you're sending a lot of emails. Um, and CanDo is really the way that you can actually build a UI component. So part of a the product experience so that people, your customers can actually interact with the page as opposed to always going to you to answer um, you know, onboarding questions or, you know, use, you know, smaller, simpler things that, that if you're having repeat or really repetitive conversations or sending a lot of the same emails, uh, Candy is probably a good fit for you. Um, that's, you know, <laughs> into that world, I guess. Uh, but we're really about how do we change the, the in-app, the logged in experience, um, and give kind of a little bit more power, uh, to, you know, this, this really this content creator, um, who's really doing customer marketing, uh, to the user base. Wow. You know, that is so common because, you know, see what I have observed me myself being a CSM is the customers are fine if you don't personally respond. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you could give them something to uh, look up to, they are they are fine reading and educating themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. can do can do wonders um, in those kind of situations and use cases as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think I think often we kind of inadvertently kind of create friction. So a really good example might be, you know, we write these right, we write like a great getting started guide, but then we don't actually link to it from the actual like logged in experience. So then we have to then email it to them so that they read it, and then we have to check in that they actually read it. Um, and really, what Candy is trying to say is like actually for the motivated user, for the customers that you have that are actually. You yeah. know, competent and can, and can actually like look at stuff. <laughs> you know, let's let let's not get in their way. Let's let them actually onboard themselves. Yeah. Um, and then when you learn about a little bit more about, okay, actually this language was unclear, or I could do a better job with this. You can then improve the actual content and make sure that it lives right in the page that they're already on. Um, so really improving the user experience itself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's we're, we're candy will never be as good as a conversation with a person. That's just it's just not. But it will sure beat an email. And that's yeah. what we're trying to do. Yeah. No, this is amazing. I mean, the more I learn about it, the more excited I'm getting, right? <laughs> so, okay, now the, can an organization customize um, the UI or brand according to their own brand colors? Uh, I mean, how do you handle customization requirements? Is it really the content or even, um, you know, you yeah. are... Like, yeah, yeah so so CanDo is a completely white label system in that um, when you when you create a component with CanDo, like let's say you're creating an onboarding checklist and you have a certain font or you have certain colors that you want for the status icons, um, we actually let you set up like what we call like a class-based design system where you pick out your colors, you pick out your fonts, and then those flow into all the other elements. So you can still make your content look horrible if you, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know, add weird <laughs> images or whatever. Uh, but yeah. the, at least it will always be brand consistent with your style guide. Um, so that whatever you create will look and feel as if it was built by a developer. But we both know that you actually set it up yourself. Wow. Now, this is amazing. This is a value add. Those are simple, right? It is mm-hmm. a value add that most brands would prefer because it allows them to save so much time while retaining their brand uh, positioning mm-hmm. and the colors that I have created. This is phenomenal. So who are your customers currently and what is their f- early feedback? What stage of the venture are you in? What are some real world proof points you are able to bring? Uh, tell us about mm-hmm. that, right? The feedback and customer responses. 
Yeah, such a good question. So I actually originally developed Can Do for we call like account-based marketing, um, you know, creating like a specific page for a specific client. Um, and actually the market was like, we really don't need that, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> um, way more common for us is thinking about how do we scale the CS approach? Um, so a very simple example would be like, hello, Jonathan, like welcome to Can Do. Like, you know, pulling yeah. the customer name from you know a CRM system. Um but really, when we think about kind of what things that we can improve on, it's really about um, engagement. So can we get um, people to actually interact with, learn, watch the videos, click on the links? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can actually... We have some case studies where we've actually doubled engagement from the existing pages. Um, and the reason for that is actually really simple. If you're letting the, the customer and the marketing team get in there and like improve the actual page experience, people spend more time with it. Um, it's more exciting to read a headline that's written for you that people have iterated on um, to learn about the latest webinars, to learn about the latest product releases, than to look at like a static admin page. Um, so really, we're trying to drive engagement. So I guess views, engagement, and then ultimately downstream activation. Um, one of our customers, um, Gorgeous, um, where one of the top Shopify apps, ended up increasing user activation by 10%. Uh, which is really exciting. Uh, yeah. We've done some really amazing experimentation around how do we get people to just do a little bit more on the product without us having to pick up the phone and call them. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So how do you see the... the Just taking zooming out a little bit, right? How do you mm-hmm. see Codeless um, UI itself evolving? Will that eventually result in a world with less programmers? Or, you know, how, and, and I also hear so much about, uh, you know, uh, this trend. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you asked about actually uh, no-code UI uh, or codeless UI because um, if you think about it, actually, pretty much every part of the software product at some point had to be hard-coded or hand-coded. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason that developers don't code emails anymore, right? We use, you know, Klaviyo or we use one of these other... Or Intercom or Outreach, right? Um, it's a solved problem. Uh, and developers can now work, or work on other things that haven't yet been solved before. Um, and we just want to extend that same philosophy to the actual page itself. Um, and that's really where kind of Candy fits in. It's, it's not that we are going to be... <laughs> developers won't have work to do. It's just they can work on other things and let us worry about how big the button is on the page. <laughs> I love the way you put it, right? Let somebody else worry about the the mm-hmm. non-essential uh, things, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. So finally, though not very related, but I'm sure you're talking to a lot of customer experience teams and you know customer mm-hmm. success teams. And the digital CS is a word that gets beaten to death in every uh, meeting or every get-together that I attend. So what mm-hmm. are your thoughts about digital CS and customer success itself as a trend? And how are technologies such as can do helping them get better? I love this question. Uh, we work a lot with customer experience teams, with user research teams. Um, and really, but I'd say the bread and butter of people who come up with great ideas for improving the customer experience does come from the CS world, right? Um, it makes sense you're talking with customers. You you learn what they care about. Um, if I could ask for one thing in the world to be justice for what I call the digital CSM, um, I think there's this very natural inclination to have put your best people on the most important strategic accounts. Um, and so, based and you give, like I said, the, the larger accounts to maybe more junior members of the team. Um, 
But I actually think that's a little bit backwards because a really good digital CSM can drive huge growth in your business. It's actually a very analytical role. It's a very creative role. Um, it's a marketing role, really. Yeah. Um, it's about experimentation and kind of fine-tuning with the customer journey. Um, and I think it's... I, I'm just very excited about it. I think, I think when I think about this, the campaigns that people run are able to run with their, with their users, it's, it's really, really exciting. Um, and it's what I'd love to see more organizations invest in. Wow. Hey, I just want to pick your thoughts a little more on something you said that I absolutely loved it, right? It's actually a marketing um, mm-hmm. genius, right? CSM also needs to have that marketing um, genius. So can you delve a little deeper into that? Because you're the first one that has recognized that and taken <laughs> that. <laughs> totally. You know, I think, okay, so like, let's take a really um, concrete example. So very often CS teams will know, okay, if a customer has not used feature X, that they're very likely to churn, right? They're not, you know, you really need to engage with like core feature X. Um, unfortunately, a lot of product teams and product marketing teams would much rather talk about what they built like latest, you know, what's the latest and greatest launch. But we both, we all know in customer success that if they don't do like core feature X, it's, you know, this account's going to be at risk. Um, and so I think a lot of energy and investment is put into like marketing, you know, release notes or like upcoming launches. But that's actually a little bit backwards from like what actually matters from the customer perspective. Uh, and so what I love about like the digital CS role thinking that as a marketer, it's actually how do we apply the same excitement around the launch, but not to the latest thing we made or the last thing we built, but to what the first thing the customer needs to start to use. And that's the type of perspective that I think the CS team can really bring. And we should borrow and steal the tools from marketing. Uh, to make it to sell the sizzle of the thing that actually matters, uh, whatever feature X might be. <laughs> Amazing! So I'm going to go steal more from the marketing. I just loved it <laughs> what you just said. Okay, all right. Now that the serious stuff is over, now we are going to put you through a rapid fire round where we want okay. to find out about you as a person, right? Okay, Enough okay, business. I'm ready. Ready? Okay, all right. So you're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back and you're likely working from day forever. And you're allowed to take three functions at work with you. Who do you think are indispensable, are, are you know, or not dispensable and whom you will take along with you? Okay, so if we're actually going to the moon, then I'd probably take like a pilot, a mechanic, and probably a botanist, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> on that list. Um, but I think in terms of work... Um, uh, I will actually just went through this exercise because you know it's when you found a company you you think about what are the, the core things that need to happen. Um, for for me, I'd probably want to pull in someone who does design pretty early on in the process. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I'd want um, I call him like a general business athlete, so someone who can do analytics and can kind of tell a story, uh, build a narrative, um, and then I'd probably end up bringing in someone who's really good at what I'd call sales at an early stage, but eventually will become. Uh, really like a customer-centric function. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who's able to motivate behavior in our people around us um, is really the core of it for me. Okay. So a set of college grads with absolutely no work skills or experience are coming to you and applying for a role at CanDo. Mm-hmm. What skills they should bring to the table to be eligible to be part of your team? Yeah, I, this is actually such a good question. I just go back and forth on if a startup is the right place for a brand new um, a brand new grad. So the reason for is that your learning is going to be really accelerated because you'll be, you know, you'll be the one trying to solve the problem. But the reason against is that there's not a lot of, um, how do you say, like guardrails. Like you don't, you're not learning from ex- expertise necessarily. Yeah. Um, so I actually think as a grad, it's really worthwhile to think through: Are there other grads at this company already that have been <laughs> successful? Uh, and if there aren't, then I think you need to be a, re- you need to have a very strong ambition. 
um, and a willingness to, to learn. So I guess what I would say is uh, curiosity, coachability, and creativity would be my three. Um, and really, they hinge on this, uh, this idea that like you're going to have to be learning all this stuff on your own. Um, so you have to go out and find those answers. You're going to have to be curious about what the answer for like what the reasons are. And then you have to be really coachable in case what you first discover doesn't work. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. So if there's one favorite cartoon character that represents a good CEO, right? You being uh, in the CEO shoes, which one would you choose? <laughs> Uh, like which which cartoon character do I relate to, or yeah. which one would I like to work yeah, for? Yeah, uh, yeah. Great. Um, well, I, I mean, my favorite cartoon character is probably Mulan. Uh, you know, she's just a self-actualized Disney princess, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. She seems determined and very intelligent. I'm not sure that I can relate to her. I've never tried to take on a, <laughs> dy- a, a dynasty or led an army, but um, I think I should be a great CEO. So. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, if you were a popular personality who either lived in the past or it is living today, like let's say a politician or a businesswoman that really, you know, made an impact on you, right? You know, you're able to self-extrapolate. Who would who would that be? Uh, this might be a weird answer, but I really, I always find that Eleanor Roosevelt is like such an amazing historical character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was grew up in a time when women really didn't have, what weren't allowed to have like very significant roles in politics. And she really found a path for herself to do all kinds of amazing things. I mean, I know she's obviously was married to a president, which, uh, you know, helped her gain stature, but she, I mean, she's a big part of that. She helped run the campaign. She innovated all these programs. She was incredibly intelligent. Um, so I think if I could find someone who had the most odds stacked against her and accomplished the most, I think Eleanor would be the one to talk to. Wow. Okay. So what is one unique skill that you think you are known for and you bring to the table that you think is impeccable for anybody's success? Right? Uh, great. Uh, unique skill. What makes me unique? I, I actually, I guess I would go counter to this one. I started my work, my, my, um, when I finished grad school, I went to work in consulting. Um, and I actually learned some like kind of basic things, like how to make an agenda slide, <laughs> um, how to think <laughs> through like, what's the outcome you want from a meeting, um, that I think is actually super helpful. So I, I actually go back to, it's not unique at all. Uh, but I would say being able to, um, think through, uh, who's coming to a meeting, what are you trying to get out of them? What kind of discussion do you want to have? Uh, what are they going to leave with? I think that's something that I can help with. Um, it's been very helpful for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, meetings are career making or breaking. I, I agree with that, right? Totally. I've written so much about meetings. Yeah. So, okay. So, any misses in your career that you would tell others to not to try anything that went wrong that you can really say, please don't try this, guys? Yeah. I think. I think one thing I learned pretty early, I'm not very detail oriented. Uh, and I think I tried to like fit into uh, both. I worked for a policy organization for a while where I was doing a lot of policy work. Uh, and then actually when I was consulting was a data analyst where I kind of tried to adapt myself to better fit the job role. And I actually think I'm much better suited to, you know, connecting with people, to like talking about ideas, to, to kind of thinking about uh, sales and marketing and, and product. And so I actually think uh, being too deterministic with, oh, I want this job, therefore I'm going to work at, I'm going to, I'm going to do it and change the way that I operate until it works for me, as opposed to trying to find out what are the things I might naturally gravitate towards. I think that was just a mistake that I had and put too much pressure on myself, um, to, to fit into a, a, a job wreck that wasn't right, wasn't right for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how do you handle tough situations with customers, right? Your, your go-to strategy for diffusing tension in one sentence, if you can. One sentence. Okay. Um, you got to pick up the phone and be prepared to be vulnerable, I think. Okay. Well said. Yeah. And what was any funny moment that you've had with an angry customer or any customer, right? Because we, we, we almost treat customers with a sense of veneration, right? But 
actually, if you talk about it, I mean, very akin to your, you know, the way you're marketing your product, there has to be funny moments, mm-hmm. even in business, right? Any such funny moments that you would like to share? Oh, yeah. Um, my husband actually works for and founded a cannabis soda company called Can, C-A-N-N. Oh. Um, and it's been quite funny to try to sleuth out if someone would like to receive a can uh, shipment because it's something we can relate to. It's a very funny thing to give, but it's not for everyone. So there's been a couple of like trying to like, <laughs> like, are you interested in this? Would you want to receive this as a gift? <laughs> I'm trying to sleuth that out. Uh, that's been, I've, you know, uh, yeah, worked myself into a pretzel trying to figure that one out. Mm, okay. Okay. What does Jonathan, the personal brand stand for in value? Let's say that you're not in a room and people are talking about you. What do you think they are saying right now? Wow. Um, I don't know if I have a personal brand that feels like a, <laughs> that feels a little reductive, but also like interesting, I guess. I guess if I were <laughs> a, a bottle of wine, I'd be, uh, you know, dry, but with flavor. So. <laughs> okay. So anyways, finally, I mean, any, any quotes, parting thoughts, or, you know, you you want to share anything about can do that you would like people to follow? No, please feel free to promote yourself and your brand. Um, before we call it, uh, before we call it traps. Amazing. I would say uh, I really love our tagline. Uh, actually, can do now. You can. Mm. Um, for me, it's it's really about empowering the people that are customer teams that are closest to actually working with customers to actually reach into the product and actually make a change. Uh, you know, we're gold all the time on you know driving onboarding, like producing time to value, driving onboarding, you know, increasing adoption, um, and I think. Ultimately, all of these things really require the user to start using the product. But it really always strikes me that we, as the customer-facing teams, don't actually get to touch it. Right? We work around it. We don't get to work through it. And I think that that needs to change um, and will change um, with the digital CSM. So. Okay. All right. And that's it, Jonathan. I mean, I, I want to thank you once again for taking time off in the middle of a weekday and, and making this session really fast-paced and amazing and insightful. Thank you so much and good luck with Candu. Oh my God. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. And that's a wrap. Until we see you next time with yet another customer success leader, stay tuned and take care. Thanks for listening.